You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 256. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by Squarespace.com. Check out Squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code LIVELY to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. At the end of this episode, we'll be speaking with Lively Show listener Janelle Allen of ZenCourses.co about her experience with the service. Now let's move on. Today, I am in New York speaking to you from the bed in my hotel room right now. So if you hear any noises from the streets of New York outside, that is exactly where I am. And today, I am doing a different show. Instead of giving you guys, quote unquote, answers, either from myself or from asking questions to a guest, and then they answer the questions, today, I'm sharing with you the questions that I have about the law of attraction, intuition, channeling, and more. These are the questions I've been thinking a lot about personally in my own life as things have unfolded in the last few months, or basically since I would say this summer. Now, as you guys know, channeling as an entity, I should probably explain what that is, first of all, for those who are new to the show or maybe haven't heard me talk a lot about that, but I'll say that I'm new to channeling as a personal thing that I apparently can do, and I just found out about that in the Philippines this March or April. So this is all very relatively new to me, so I'm by no means an expert when people ask me questions about channeling. I'm very new to the realization that I'm even possibly capable of doing it or have been doing it without realizing all that it entails. Of course, you know, I've spent so much time studying Abraham Hicks and so many other great resources. But when it comes to the personal experience of channeling and all those things, there are questions I have too, and also other things that have come up in my life that I just would love answers to. Now, I'm sharing this as an episode to say, I don't have this all figured out either. And hopefully, these questions will be something that you might be able to resonate with as well. And also, I'm excited to say I have a person in mind that I think can answer these questions for us. She's not an author, so there's no book I could read that would give us the answers to it yet. And I think she will eventually write books. But this person so far has not written books on this, though. I would love her to. And I've asked her to come on the show. So we'll see if she says yes. And if she does, I'm going to give all of these questions I'm sharing with you today to her to have her share her point of view, because I think it'd be so powerful for us all. So now let's get into it. This is going to sound maybe surprising to you guys, but I actually do wonder what the real differences are between the intuition and channeling something like Joe or Abraham. So as I said, I promised I would give you guys an example of what channeling is. Now, channeling has, I would say, two different uses, and we can interchange them with changing the definition. So depending on how we're speaking to channeling, channeling can mean one of two different things. Number one, it can mean that you are channeling an entity (laughs) That sounds so crazy. It's like you have an alien inside your head that you're channeling now. You're channeling a voice that you perceive in your body in some way that you're able to translate into verbal communication. That's one form of channeling. Now, that's like Abraham Hicks. When I do, Joe does the show, and I get it right now predominantly through hearing it in my head, and I can either tell you what I hear or I can write it down. And I tend to get more information when I'm writing than when I'm just listening and then speaking out loud. And then trance channeling is what Abraham and Esther 
that's what's going on there. So if you've listened to guides like Abraham or Bashar or Kryon or Seth, those are different entities that are apparently different than the people that are doing the speaking and the communication from those non-physical entities. So they're giving information to the channelers who are basically in a meditative state that's very open and receptive to hearing and feeling and sensing information. And those people then translate that information they're feeling, perceiving, or sensing into verbal words that they share. And it's amazing. As you guys know, I'm obsessed with it and recently found out I was possibly doing the same thing. So I'm still new to it. I have gone to a channeling week-long retreat. It was super helpful and a great introduction. But what has kind of got me confused, honestly, is understanding the difference between my own personal intuition and Joe. Like, I don't really know where one is and one isn't because the whole time I was hearing what I guess is Joe, which is the name of my guide or the name I've been given by the voice in the head. (laughs) I don't really know what is my intuition. I was calling Joe, I guess, intuition for the last seven years as I've been writing. So it's still confusing to me to tell the difference between the two if, in fact, the voice of intuition can have answers for us. Or if we're getting answers, is that always our guide? I don't know. I've just also, by the way, been reading Journey of Souls, which is such a great book. I had so many Flow With Intention online members and Lively Show listeners emailing me about that book that I finally was like, all right, it's time. I need to read this book. And I did. And it was incredible and eye-opening and jaw-dropping and all the things. I have to say, if you really want to open your brain up and you have maybe got into Abraham, I would say don't start this before you've tried Abraham, because if Abraham's too weird for you, the journey of souls is possibly going to push it a little too far. So like, take your time with walking into this stuff, depending where you are in the spectrum of all of this. But if you're open to pushing the envelope to your mind, maybe you've already done this and you're like, Jess, I read that 20 years ago, wherever you are, either, either way. The journey of souls book was really powerful. It is a hypnotherapist that basically had a pretty agnostic life, no interest in any of this spiritual stuff that we're speaking about here in season four. However, so interesting, he had this person come to him for hypnotherapy, and just like in RTT, they went back to a memory earlier in his life for this unexplained side pain that he had in his side couldn't figure out what it was. They thought it was something psychosomatic. So they did the regression to go find out what it was. But instead of going back to something when he was four or five years old, like, you know, typically happens in RTT, he went back to a past life where he was a World War I soldier and had a bayonet spear him in the side. And that's why he had the pain. It was like this phantom pain from a past life. How? What the what? Like, that's even possible? Anyways, I'm totally going on a tangent here, but this is what got this person who wrote The Journey of Souls into all this work. What he ended up doing is then, because the pain on the side of this man went away after he went into that past life and cleared it, this man started hypnotizing his people that he worked with to a past life where they died and then asked them what happened after they died. So basically, in a Christian context, we tend to think of things as like we're alive and then we're in heaven. It's like there's like life and then death and then life after death. Well, if you believe in this reincarnation, or open to this idea of these many lives we have, and we just kind of keep playing the game of The Sims over and over and over again as souls that come into this game through these 
bodies and these personalities and characters. If you think about Shakespeare saying the life is but a stage and we're all just players in it, like maybe that's really true. Maybe he was actually speaking literally instead of just metaphorically as we tend to assume. But anyways, I find it fascinating to hear the accounts of the people he worked with for over 30 years through that book. And one of the things they all talked about is the fact that all souls have guides. So this again goes back to the question of what's intuition and what's channeling. And if we're getting answers that are always peaceful, is that our gut? Is that our heart? Or is that some guide that's assigned to us in a soul level to help us and is always peaceful and loving and true? I don't know, but that's really where my question lies. Where is the difference between the two? And can you get words from intuition or not? Or is that just something from the guides? I don't know. But now let's move on kind of as a tangent to this. The other question I have, and I would love to ask Abraham this if I could, is what is the difference, if any, from the concept of inner being versus something like an entity, like a guide, like Abraham or Joe, or maybe your own guide? What is the difference between the inner being we apparently all have, this potentially, I'm guessing, the soul versus these guides? If you listen to Abraham, sometimes it almost seems like Abraham's referencing themselves in Esther's life, kind of almost acting as if or in a place of the inner being. Like they don't usually talk about Esther's inner being. They usually talk about themselves communicating with Esther. So that kind of confuses me a little. Like, They always tell us to get into touch with our inner being, and is that inner being our soul, or is that something like Joe, which seems a little bit more separate? I'm not 100% sure, so this is, again, another question I'd love clarity on. Now let's move on. So do we wait for direction and next steps from our guides, or do we choose it? Now this is basically when we need to make a new decision in our lives? Are we supposed to, in an ideal scenario, wait for direction and a call, like a like a voice to tell us, go do this now? Or are we supposed to choose them? This is something that I've had experience in both ways. When I was younger, I was about 25 standing in line in a bathroom line in Austin, Texas after doing a workshop for business consulting at the time. I stood there and I asked my intuition or what I consider my intuition at the time, what I should do next with my career. And I heard write a book. Now that answer write a book, three words, that changed the entire trajectory of my career towards what it is today. At that time, I had been a jewelry designer for 14 years, and then I had also become a business coach and blogger. So I was doing the business consulting and felt so liberated to be able to full-time help people with their lives, but in a context of business. And when I heard write a book, I knew the book was about life with intention. And that direction, that pivoting, knowing that that was the direction I was supposed to head, shifted everything for me. I stopped business coaching. I spent 14 months studying after the eight years of studying. I spent 14 months putting together Life with Intention online and the content there that also flowed into Flow with Intention and everything you've seen since. And I would say at this point, I have not yet written any formal book, but I would say that it definitely got me into this path. And maybe one day I will have 
more formal books than like a lively adventure still an audio series so i haven't really dabbled in that to be honest i'd rather have joe write the book and i just channel it for you guys so we'll see if that ever becomes a reality with joe or some other entity we'll see but that seems very appealing to me to be able to do something of such value that brings so much more wisdom than just my five percent consciousness the muggle brain that i have right now alone to share with you guys to do something that brings consciousness from another level that sounds super exciting but obviously hasn't happened yet but i appreciated that direction. It told me what to do. And then I went and followed it. However, when it came to ending the last relationship I had, I did not hear a voice. And when I got married, I did not hear a voice tell me what to do. It let me make the decision. Now, when it came to ending the relationship, there were so many signs. So I will say, as much as I didn't hear, go do this now, Jess, I saw so many signs in my life that to me felt so clear and indicative and impossible to completely ignore when you put all of them together. And they weren't negative signs, by the way. I also will say these were just serendipitous signs from the universe when it came to friends that I met and different things that happened in Ann Arbor. It was just kind of this magical flow that happened and those signs were so clear to me and I was in such alignment at that time. I was at the highest level of happiness and alignment in my life to that point that it became clear and I excitedly flowed with it. And then I remember being you know, single for six months in Ann Arbor going, okay, I don't know where I want to go when I get back from Europe. And I had all this resistance to where I was going to want to move after I got back from Europe. I finally released the resistance. And literally hours after that, the universe supplied that fateful call that had to do with buying the house and all my furniture so that I could start traveling full time. Again, there was no direct voice telling me what to do in that case. In that case, it was telling me yes, and I asked why. And if you go back to the vlog about this, you can see me share the letter that I wrote to my intuition that day. It said yes, and I asked why, and it said because I want a life I never imagined before. Now, at that point, I did not fully understand the ramifications of a life I didn't imagine before and what that really would look like or how I would even know I'd want that at that point in time. But again, it wasn't telling me what to do. It was saying that I wanted to do it and it gave me a reason I personally wanted to. And it all flowed so beautifully that I took it as a sign to do it. And again, I had this alignment, a lot of kind of fear maybe, but alignment. Now, these are some examples of how this has flowed for me in the past. Now, what I'm now grappling with or have been thinking about to be honest, since I decided to move to Australia has been the fact that this is a different scenario. And of course, it's easy when you only have a few different reference points to think that everything's always going to be the same. Can I get an amen? I feel like when you're young, you think this is the way life is. And then you live some more life. And then you're like, wait, this situation's not anything like that other situation. So how do I know what to do? Because I knew in that case, but this is different. This is feeling different. Well, That's how I'm feeling about this because as you guys know, I told you guys very openly and like vulnerably about all of this. I made the decision to stop traveling when I was at a low. So I was traveling to LA, not even feeling like going. I went there, was miserable sitting in the Tim Ferriss conference kind of setting in the front row thinking this should be a peak life experience. And all I want to do is be in a coffee shop in Sydney, writing and reading alone. I'd be happier there. 
Now, you could look at this a few different ways. You could say, Jess, there's a step one moment, there's contrast. You're deciding more of what you do want and more of what you don't want. Instead of wanting more conferences right now, you want more coffee shop time in Sydney, right? So it could be the clarity came from that, but the fact that I was so unhappy when it happened, instead of in this peak aligned state, which is usually what Abraham says, kind of had me questioning it. It was like, well, if I'm not in alignment right now, because I'm so miserable where I am, if I make this decision from this emotional place, could it be the wrong decision? Do I need to get to alignment and then decide if I want to move to Australia? Now, of course, I've been in alignment and I've been super excited to be there, but that initial decision was made at a emotional low rather than a high. And I've never really questioned it since, but I've also had this kind of side eye to it, kind of going, all right, let's see if this flows is really what I've been saying. I just keep saying, let's see if this flows. Let's see if this flows. Let's see if it flows for visas. Let's see if it flows for the flat. And I'll be honest, it's all flowed. So this does make me kind of wonder that I didn't hear a guide. I didn't have a huge sign other than my unhappiness at Tim Ferriss's event. I do, I, and, and I'll also say I was not at the time speaking a ton to Joe because I was kind of going through this whole questioning from another thing I'm going to share in a second about a question I have about the guides versus intuition. But it kind of has come down to, I think I thought I was following directions. Since I was able to hear this voice, I've been quote unquote thinking at least that I've been following the directions. It's like I've been getting this roadmap to do this and then this and then this, right? Go write a book. And then the house stuff was pretty clear. The relationship stuff was pretty clear. But I kind of expected a voice or some huge fireworks moment to end the travel, not this weird feeling of emptiness and sadness <laughs> for an ongoing period of time in LA. Like that was kind of weird. So it's a different experience for me. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's flowed so beautifully since then. Also, I should add, I did recently write to Joe and I was like, all right, what's going on here? Is it okay that I'm moving here for real, for real, for real? Even though I'd taken like 10 steps forward, and it was all flowing. I still was like, all right, truth time. Is this okay? And it said yes. They even said I could. It's so funny. I still question this, even though I even got from the answers that I wrote. They said this is a season of looking more inward than outward. So this doesn't need to be something where I'm traveling around the world anymore. Not that I can't continue to do so, and I don't plan to ever completely stop by any means, but to have a base and to have more roots. I was scared because I didn't feel like I was told, like, go write a book. But they did say, and I should remember this as I am talking to you, they said it's okay. They said that it's about inward rather than outward. And the flow is looking inside rather than outside. So that's something for me to think about. But I'll also just be honest with you guys. There's a lot of weird concern that I could do this wrong instead of looking at this the little bit like the Journey of Souls book would say, which is the guides are there to guide you, but you're here to create your own reality. So I wonder if I got a little too obedient or expectant of obedience to follow the rules or to follow the guidance. So sometimes I think it's ironic. So I think a lot of people aren't even aware or they're ignoring the guidance in their lives. I think I've gotten so hypersensitive to it or what I perceive to be it that I, I guess, got a little trigger shy or gun shy and was worried about making my own choices from my own self. And then questioning is my own self my ego or is it the inner being and intuition 
I'm guessing you see where I'm coming from with all of this confusion. And again, I'm excited to see if this stuff sorts itself out or if we can get some answers from the woman I'd love to have on the show. Next up, when it comes to being in alignment, this is such an interesting one. And I think this is totally true. And you know what? I'm going to share this as a question. I don't really think it totally is, but it's going to be something I hope uplifts you and something you can apply in your life too. It is the idea of being in alignment even when we're feeling out of alignment. So the idea of alignment obviously is feeling great, having an emotional state of well-being that is positive. And when you're not feeling that way, it's the idea of being out of alignment. Well, I had a lot of time before I left for LA and then while I was in LA and then even coming back and questioning it that I had these repetitive numbers showing up, showing up, showing up. And I always have used the repetitive numbers that I see on the clock or on the charger on my phone battery or whatever it is, wherever I see numbers, I've gotten into the habit, a joyful habit of not totally obsessing over the angel meaning of each one, though if you want, you could Google like the angel number of whatever the numbers are, like 222 or 22 or 333, whatever it is. Repetitive numbers like that have meanings apparently. Well, I don't get too specific about what the meaning is for 333 per se, but when I see something like 333 or 1133, whatever it is, I always see it as a sign that I'm on the right path. And it was so interesting to be feeling totally emotionally out of alignment, but still seeing the numbers at the same time. And I was like, well, I guess I'm in alignment even when I'm out of alignment. And that kind of feels good. It's actually comforting to feel like, all right, I don't feel like everything's going right. That's why I'm upset in this situation, whatever it might be. But seeing signs that, or even just something as simple as repetitive numbers, showing you that you're in alignment, it feels pretty good. And I'll go on to say, and when we feel pretty good because of that, it helps us to accept that present moment better and we're better able to flow with the contrast of that moment and flow out of the problem mode into more of the receiving of the answer mode. So that's something to think about. My next question would be, can we ever get it wrong when it comes to writing to our intuition? So I spent a lot of time this summer writing to my intuition about a certain topic and felt like I was getting certain answers around that topic. But what happened in my life did not actually seem to align. A lot of it did, but parts of it were kind of vague and I kept trying to clarify the parts that seemed vague if they were really meaning what I was hoping or trying to get the meaning out of them. So with the vagueness, maybe it was a misinterpretation. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's just not the timing for that thing. But I'll say that because of that, it made me question whether we can misinterpret based on our own desires what we're receiving when it comes to writing to intuition. The voice I did get was peaceful, calm, and loving. And so all those things that I always say when I explain the intuition seemed true like the voice, energy, all that stuff. But since I didn't maybe fully understand or interpret it correctly, what I expected to happen didn't happen. And while that flowed and is totally fine now, it made me question Joe. It made me question whether I could, not really Joe, it made me question my own ability to hear Joe and made me really take a step back. So when I was making this decision to move to Australia, that was why I wasn't super into right, 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 right anymore. It was more about me making this choice and feeling a little bit more isolated than I honestly have in the last seven years because I've used that voice so much in so many ways to get so much clarity. So maybe that was a good thing for me and maybe that's also a chance if there is a soul 
journey of souls whole thing and there is this guide thing, maybe there was a little bit of like learning to let me make decisions for me and just use my emotional center and my own desires and let that be enough rather than always getting this external feedback or internal feedback, if you will, from that voice. But that's a question. Can we get it wrong when it comes to writing to intuition? And then last but not least, and this is not really a thing I have questions on, although I would love more. So I would just love to continue to do this more. So it's not really like I can't do it. I have ways of doing it. And I think I'm I give myself a lot of credit for doing it pretty well, but I'd love to just continue to open, open, and deepen, deepen into this, which is how can we open up our awareness to the inner being more during our daily lives? So let's say there is a soul. Let's say there is this deeper awareness, or maybe it's a guide, like we've said, not sure how we're going to define all of this, but what I do know is that the information, inspiration, guidance, you know, if I am quote unquote ever channeling, even just <laughs> the rhino actually was saying the other day, he's like, actually last night he was like, I think you're channeling in your podcast. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he had been resistant to listening to the show because actually we didn't even really know why, but he's like, I guess I, I have the real version. I have the real show right in front of me all the time. So I don't need the podcast. And I was like, all right, that's fine. It might feel a little weird because he knows me as this. And then to hear me on it, I was like, not pressuring the situation. But he finally did listen. And I kept telling him, I was like, I'm really good on the show. And you probably should try. You probably really like it. And he kept, you know, feeling weird about it. So I didn't like push it too much. Eventually, he did listen. And then it was so funny. He was listening to the episode from last week in the car with me, and he said, you're a lot better at explaining this on the show than you are to me. (laughs) I started laughing because it's so funny. He assumed that I was exactly the same in real life as I am on the show, and anything I was explaining to him personally would be just as good as I would do on the show, and he apparently thought I did a lot better job or clear, more succinct way of explaining it in the show, and so he now thinks I was channeling during the show and that like what's coming out of me during something like a podcast, or I would also say my coaching for sure, is not the muggle brain. It's not the 5%. It's something, though, I also will say I do deliberately, and I don't think I've ever shared this here on the show, but... Today is the day, I guess. Since my mid-20s, when I started business coaching, and I have no idea where I got this concept from at that time, so long ago, but it's something you've probably heard of in some spiritual places. It's by no means unusual. I just don't know where I first interacted with it. But it's this concept, this simple phrase, to me and through me. So even in my mid-20s, I was aware enough of intuition or a greater energy or guidance that I would always say that in my mind before I coached and I do it before a podcast. I say to me and through me, which basically means may my ego get out of the way so that whatever is meant to come through can come through uninterrupted and smoothly and succinctly and land the way it's supposed to land for you. I say to me and through me. So I actually think that's kind of like my consciousness stepping out of the way, stepping to the side so that the voice that's coming through, I don't think it's in this case right now, Joe, per se. I think that will sound or be different, but it is my inner being, I believe. I think that it is my greater awareness coming through, to some degree at least, to a better degree than it is in my normal life. And it comes from this simple phrase of to me and through me. And then that's the intention is to step away from this 5% ego personality as much as possible so that whatever comes through, obviously, it's still going to have my flavor of personality and voice. 
but it's coming from the content and the energy is coming from a higher level or a higher energy of that non-physical within myself. So anyways, that's one way that I do do it. Also, obviously, writing to intuition or Joe, I'm not actually sure what we're doing there, but writing is something I also know opens up our awareness to the inner being or guides. But I'd also just love to know more and more and more ways besides meditation to continue to deepen this connection. Because the more I've studied this, and you guys know I have studied and studied and studied all day long. It's all I do, study. I just consciously, my 5% consciousness (laughs) understands its own limitations. So it's rationally unable to explain why it needs to exist in my life that much at all. Like it should only exist 5% of my life. It's only needed 5% of my life. The ability to channel this inner being's wisdom, guidance, creativity, energy, inspiration, actions, like that to me is the magic sauce. That to me is why we're here. But our society has been kind of blinded to that and kind of like just unaware, generally speaking, to this other way of being able to access this greater part of ourselves. So we just generally aren't taught it and we just kind of ignore it. But I have now, through all the study I've done, just there's no logical reason to me to keep the ego around. So it's not like I want to fight the ego and I don't even use the term ego that much anymore, but I kind of think of just that 5% consciousness that does have that limitation, lackful place and perspective and often is fearful and worried. So like all of those negative disconnected feelings and associations, that perspective, I guess I'm calling the 5% now, I just feel like it doesn't really have a place. I know sometimes people, you'll see different people talk about ego differently and say, you know, we need it. It keeps us safe from getting hit by a car or saber-toothed tigers and stuff like that. I think if it is needed, it's like the 5%. It's probably only needed 5%, maybe not even that. I think our inner being would tell us you know, there's a car coming, don't cross the street. Like, I don't even think we need it for those other mundane things. But I'll just say that I really want to, what I believe do is look at the 95%. We always say 5%, 95, 95% is the subconscious. Now, I don't think our inner being is the subconscious. I think of the inner being as this non-physical energy that's far larger than our consciousness in the totality of the 100% of the subconscious versus the consciousness of our brains, I actually see it as much larger and more wise and ongoing, let's just say that, journey of soul style. But the subconscious, that 95%, that part that I do love using RTT to get into, the part that I do love about Theta that taps into it, the part that actually is running most of our lives, the programming of our lives is scripted into that subconscious. I see that subconscious also as a tube. Think of it as like a toilet paper roll. And you have, when you're little, you like put your ear on one end and you have a friend speak to you through the toilet paper roll, or that's like a really short, let's use a paper towel roll, a longer roll, or think of it as tin cans with a string. I think of the inner being on one side and I think of the tube or I think of the string as the subconscious. It's the channel. It's the vehicle that we receive that information from. Now, the 5% being our consciousness and our conscious awareness, we're in that 95, 99% of the time, which really, not that this matters, but I'm just kind of going on here on a tangent, but this is all the stuff I've studied, guys. So your consciousness, that 5% is basically just a beta wave, which is just a level of frequency of your brain waves. And the subconscious just is just simply a slower brain wave state. 
of the same brain. So that's what that string is. And that's why meditation is so powerful and why it's so connected to all the people that are thinking about consciousness and all this stuff we're talking about in season four. You're going to notice the trend of everybody's into meditation. The reason being because you're opening yourself up to the subconscious and you're opening up the channel to hear the other information coming from, quote unquote, the other side. So when people aren't meditating, they're staying in that beta brainwave state, that 5% state, they're staying in that egoic state, if you will. Not that the subconscious doesn't have fears, but just that place of high anxiety, for example, is a high beta brainwave state. And again, we do not need to sit here thinking about what cycles per second our brain is going in. It's just to say that the consciousness we have has different levels based on brainwave states. And the slower the waves the calmer the mind, and the more access we have to the subconscious. Now, there is one exception to this, which is gamma waves, and this is not a brainwave episode, though we can go into that if you guys want to in the future, but gamma wave is actually higher than high anxiety of the high beta range, and that is actually a super conscious state, which is, to me, the most elusive, exciting, and current cutting edge to be discovered. In fact, actually, this is random, but I'm going to Joe Dispenza's workshop tomorrow, starting this weekend, to learn more about the gamma brainwave state because he, to me, in this world is someone who's on the leading edge of everything consciousness, neurology, and meditation and creating amazing change in your life. So very excited to hear what he's saying because of all his studies and his experience with people in this gamma brainwave state. But anyways, that's a whole nother story here. I've totally gone on a tangent, but all of this is to say, how can we open up our awareness beyond just the meditation so that we're kind of in a daily meditation in every moment? Yes, I'm good at kind of getting these little divine sparks and getting the inspiration, seeing the alignment in numbers and acting on those things, but I just want to do it even more and more and more. So so there you have it, guys. Those are the questions I have, and hopefully some of these other little tidbits I've dropped in here as I'm just sharing conversationally with you about what's going on have been helpful as well. And thank you guys so much for the feedback on last week's episode. So many people said they listened to it two and three times, and I just loved hearing that because it's such a funny episode given that I had planned to do a totally different episode and then had no energy to do that other episode whatsoever and could only have that apartment on my mind at that time. So I made the episode about what we talked about and it was so cool to see so many people resonate with it. And if you guys like this more conversational kind of breaking it down for you way of doing things, I'd be happy to do more of that. We also have some interviews coming up in the weeks and months to come. Very excited for some of those. And yeah, I'm just excited to have a base for one. So once I get back to Sydney, I'm excited to start nesting. I'll be moving into my new apartment and decorating and starting to create a little bit more of a foundation for myself, which I think will also have some interesting things for the show. I'd love to do more channeling for you guys, maybe more Joe or whatever that might be, whatever this inward rather than outward thing is that Joe told me is what I'm here to do next. So There you have it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love talking to you guys so much. And this has just been really fun to share on these questions. And like I said, hopefully I'll be having someone that I believe has these answers for us on the show coming up. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter, you can find me at Jess as in, can you feel the love tonight lively? I don't know where that one came from. I just kind of had a Lion King moment there. But if you want to find the show notes for today's episode, also head over to JessLively.com slash my questions. 
And before I share where I'm going next on my trip, let's talk with lively listener Janelle Allen of ZenCourses.co about her experience with today's sponsor, Squarespace.com. Janelle, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, Jess. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Janelle Allen. I have been an online course designer for about eight or nine years. I have an offline business called LearnWise LLC, where I help businesses create online courses. And about a year ago, I decided that I wanted to help entrepreneurs create courses. So I launched Zen Courses to do that. Awesome. And where are you located? I'm in the great city of Chicago. Fantastic. How cold is it right now? <laughs> it is about 15 degrees and snowing right now. So it's it's beautiful. Yeah, I think we're about the same here in Michigan. So tell us about your decision to choose Squarespace for your site since you've been doing things online for so long. Yeah, so that's a great question. This is about the third time that I've launched a blog. I've had a couple other ones and I always used WordPress because that's kind of what you always heard about. And this time I knew that even though I knew how to code and all that stuff that I could do, I didn't want to put my energy there. I wanted to be able to focus on the content. And so I looked into solutions to use something that would help me get started, get up and running very quickly. Squarespace was that solution. And I haven't looked back since. Was it uh, adjustment going from WordPress to Squarespace? It was, yeah. You know, when you're when you're using WordPress, you're very used to just having to figure things out and put pieces together, which is part of what makes WordPress great. But with Squarespace, it's all built into the package, so you kind of have to think differently of how to use the different blocks um, and the different drag and drop portions to make it look the way that you want. Was it easier overall than having to hire someone to do a lot of the tricky stuff on WordPress? Yeah, I'm a do-it-yourselfer. So whenever I did WordPress, I always did it myself, except for my business site where I, I hired someone and spent about seven grand to uh, to get my site together. Oh my goodness, so, <laughs> that's so, an investment. <laughs> definitely an investment. And I knew just being a business owner, I knew that I didn't want to start off Zen courses that way, especially when you're first starting out. You you know you may not be making income, so I just was looking for something that could get me up quickly, beautifully, and for a low cost. Awesome. And what do you love about Squarespace the most? First, I love how beautiful it makes your site look. I love how easy it is to use. The drag and drop functionality is amazing. But I also really love the fact that there are certain features built into it that you would normally, if you were using WordPress, you'd have to pay extra for. Like the announcement bar, you can easily add that instead of having to use the hello bar or something like that with WordPress. And then you have the cover pages, which can be used as landing pages. So I love all of that. And for anyone who is thinking about giving Squarespace a try this new year, you can get 10% off of your service by going to squarespace.com slash lively. And you get the free 14-day trial with that. But also by using the code lively at checkout, you're going to get that 10% off of your service going forward. So give it a try. And then of course, enter the code lively to get that savings. So Janelle, where can people find you online? The best place to find me is at zencourses.co. That's Z-E-N-C-O-U-R-S-E-S dot C-O. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. And now for where I'm headed to next, I already alluded to it. I'm going to Austin, Texas to see Joe Dispenza and do his beginner workshop. I'm so excited. This is his last live beginner's workshop that he's doing going forward. It's now an online course. So I was excited to snag one of the spots in his last live workshop because to me, like I've said, he is one of the leading experts in all of the stuff that I'm into. And I want to be around him as much as possible in the physical 
when I can. So very excited and whatever comes up from that, if something surfaces I think would be useful, of course, I'll be sharing it here on the show. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. Today.